From the time we are young, women are surrounded by messaging that we should be skinnier, nicer, prettier, and less competitive. Messaging comes at us from all directions and social media has only intensified that. Our sense of self-worth can be diminished from such an early age. But there are those women who, despite growing up in a world that may not encourage us, still reach for the stars, who are confident, strong, and achieving incredible things. Some of them wear suits, some wear gowns with tiaras, and some achieve it all in a pair of flip-flops. We want to hear their story so that women of all ages can be inspired to do things they may have never thought possible. It's time for Flip-Flops and Tiaras. Hi, this is Jessica and Dr. Harris with Flip Flops and Tierras. Dr. Harris has a PhD in industrial and organizational psychology with over 13 years experience as a licensed professional counselor. She's also the CEO of Individual and Employee Wellness, which is a wellness center that serves all dimensions of wellness. In addition to her career, she's a mom and like most women, a multitasker with a lot going on. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) Dr. Harris and I would like to welcome Cara Presley to Flip Flops and Tierras. Also known as the career cheerleader, Cara is a local entrepreneur, podcast host, influencer, and self-defined cultural custodian from Richmond, Virginia. With over 20 years of government experience, this entrepreneur and digital business innovator develops relatable content that resonates with the soul and starts discussions in the comments. Prior to the pandemic, Kara experienced her own version of a quarantine due to the government shutdown. And during that time, she launched The Pull Up, an interview series for local individuals to share their stories in many interview sessions. Since then, she's also launched her own bite-sized podcast called The Successful Podcast, which showcases topics in 15 minutes or less. Kara has also created a diversified Facebook group by the name of Red Table Talk RVA. That's garnered over 115,000 followers who are usually supporters of the Emmy Award-winning Red Table Talk series starring Jada Pinkett-Smith and her family. She's been applauded for her engagement strategies and tactics with Red Table Talk RVA, and her partnership with the brand has allowed her the opportunity to host several local Red Table Talk events, including the launch of We Are Not Really Strangers game. In July of 2022, she launched the official fan rewatch podcast with the Red Table Talk and iHeart brand. In her free time, she volunteers with Excel to Excellent as their director of public relations. All right, kicking things off. Cara, welcome to Flip Flops and Tierra. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate (laughs) you both. So Dr. Harris and Cara were just chatting and it's like, how do you even start talking about the things you're doing? I literally don't know. You have so many sort of innovative ideas and you're such an entrepreneur. Let's just say... (laughs) Let's just say that you show up at a friend's party and you're introduced to people that don't know you. And they say, say? what do you say? Who are you, girl? Yeah, what do you say? (laughs) I am Cara Presley, America's favorite career cheerleader. I encourage individuals to create the life they want. I help women pivot personally and professionally. The goal is to create the life you want. How do I do that? I do that by helping people brainstorm because you're probably talking your friend's ear off about your business. They're going to cheer you on anyway. They're going to say they love it when actually they probably have no idea what you're talking about. So <laughs> I'm giving you a business perspective. My background is that I was a training analyst for over 15 years and over almost 21 years in the government before I retired last June. And I'm here today as the wow. career cheerleader. Okay, when we think government, I think a lot of people see (laughs) the people at DMV. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Beetlejuice. Uh, 
They're stamping the... Okay, so this is what we would think of as a mind-numbing environment. So how did you have these creative juices flowing and expand and come out and do this being in that environment? Or are we wrong about what that environment is? No, it it sounds about right. So, um... (laughs) No, I, I started... I used to work for the Internal Revenue Service, so that's already... They already have their own government stigma, oh, right? Yes. Um, but I started in customer service. Quickly, they have that. Yes, they do. Um, now, you know, <laughs> is it effective? I don't know. People want to know where their refunds were, so I answered those questions wow. for years and worked my way up into management. So I was the youngest manager on the customer service floor at 25. I started at 18, but I was a manager wow. by 25, and then I decided I've got to go where the money is. So quickly, I went to uh, Washington, D.C., and I worked up there actually Throughout the whole like Obama administration. So for eight years, I woke up at four, took caught a van from the Walmart parking lot on Brook Road and rode to DC. What? <laughs> rode oh to DC, got to work by six thirty, worked from seven to three, caught a van at four, four thirty-ish, and was home by six thirty, seven o'clock every night. So I did that for wow. years. And then I was able to work remote towards the end of that eight years. So before COVID and all that, I was working from home way before all of that. But it helped me turn into the person I am today. So I was actually the creative person at work. Do you guys watch Abbott Elementary? Mm, I've seen. What is that air on? It's on ABC. Okay. It's it's a great show about this teacher who's very optimistic. She's a new teacher and and she was working with some older teachers who are like, girl, stop with all this creativity stuff you're trying to do. So that's who I was at work. I was the one who's like, hey guys, let's have a birthday party at work. (laughs) Don't y'all want a birthday club? Just was a very mundane, very day-to-day, very government-ish place. We worked in training again. I was a training analyst. So I perfected my skills as far as a a public affairs specialist by the time I left. So I left at the top of what I wanted to do, but I just didn't feel fulfilled anymore. I wanted to be more creative and more out there. And I had Uh been working with uh, Red Table Talk for some time. So I was like, I just want to do this all the time. So that's what I do now. Dr. Harris, this is... I don't know if this applies to you, and I'm curious. So I like to look for um, patterns Mm -hmm. with the women we talk to. And when you just said, you know, everything that you were doing to get to D.C. and come back, I mean, obviously, that is beyond what normal people do, okay? Definitely. (laughs) What's normal? Right. Well, get a not anything extra. Right. I literally worked 10 minutes away from home and decided two hours away. Right. I just thought of myself and I don't normally think about myself on flip flops. Obviously, I'm doing a lot of entrepreneurial things. And I was thinking about my first job in high school was at Hardee's. And Mm. I was thinking about my need to have all the stickers. When you worked in fast food back in the day, you would get a sticker when you mastered like the fry machine and the cashier (laughs) and the drive through. And I was like, I need my stickers. And it reminded me of that. And so I'm curious, Dr. Harris, when you were young and you were starting out working, like, did you have some kind of extra sort of drive? Like that? Oh, not to get in trouble with uh, Walter Imrock because I, I used to work for uh, Imrock and Associates as a little, se- oh. like a secretary. So I was more fearful and I didn't want to get called into his office. I didn't get stickers there. I'm going to go back and complain. <laughs> okay, but how old were you when you were doing that? Oh, I was only, uh, well, I graduated from college. So my first job was flipping burgers at the lake. So I would get free curly fries. and um, It's all about ice. the free curly fries at that age. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> that was my reward. 
Literally. Well, so we both have fast food in common. <laughs> I started at McDonald's. <laughs> Did you really? I at church. I, was, I worked at a church, then I worked at McDonald's. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. That wasn't the thread I was going for, but... <laughs> So my kids are coming up in oh. this new, right. Oh. Mm. So my son's 19 and not to throw all his oh, business out. 20, yeah. Okay. He is basically like, I want to do this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this, that, and the other. And it's all about like, he's not humbling himself, mm. right? He's got this ambition and yet he has no plan. I think those jobs, those fast food jobs, I cleaned hotel rooms. Mm. I think when you start out working hard in crappy jobs like that, it is the fire yeah. that starts yeah. inside yeah, us yeah, to make one. us get to where yeah. we're at. That's the thread we all have. That is for sure. For sure. I worked at McDonald's that first week of spring break when I realized how much a full week of pay could get me. That was all I needed to see. Did you do drive through <laughs> I didn't do drive through but I definitely opened the restaurant. So I don't know why my parents let me, but they definitely let me go open it at 4 a.m. Wow. I was at McDonald's, uh, I, but, wow. but I was off by like 2. So I've always been yeah. okay with like a really early early get off and get back to my life type mm-hmm. of vibe. So right. that's kind of literally where I am. Mm-hmm. At Hardy's drive through was kind of the creme de la creme. Like right. once you hit drive through <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Okay. All right. Well, let's go back and talk about what projects you have going on. So you've got, tell us about the Facebook page. I don't know if y'all realize this. Cara is a like, she's got over 115,000 followers on Facebook. And that's a big, that's a big deal. It's pretty, it's a vibe, you know? So again, I started the group back when Red Table Talk first started, right? And I started it like two days after it started because I saw the first episode and I'm like, oh, this is great. But I tried to support it like in the main group which has like six million people or something now and they just would not approve my stuff man they were like no we want to talk about like dating married men and I'm like oh that's not my tribe so let me create another space for women who are stressed but still striving who are go-getters but have kids and can't go anywhere like I need women who are trying to side hustle I want to inspire them because this show comes out one day a week but we're having to live seven days out of the week so they need something every day. So the group started to grow first. The first probably 300 people were my friends, right? Like, shout out Of to course, that's where I'm still at. Support. Like, <laughs> now what? Then what? <laughs> right. It continued to grow, uh, you know, thanks to the show. By the time we reached 30,000 people in that same year, in like six months, Jada Pinkett's team reached out to us and was like, what are y'all doing? Like, who are y'all? And wow. what's, what's up? It was a vibe. Uh, we started working with them from then. So I have a group in Richmond. There's another group in Memphis. Florida, New York, California, just groups across the country. And we became the RTT OG. So they would talk to us like when COVID hit, they were like, hey, we have an episode we want to put out, but should we talk about COVID? And we were like, talk about COVID. No one cares about that celebrity this week. That was one of the episodes where Will Smith came on and ended up being their highest rated episode because he started really talking about and identifying that this seems to be airborne like and things were coming out. So small moments like that, they really leaned on us to see what the audience wanted. And we've been working with them. And last year when I retired on Wednesday from my job, that Friday, they flew us out because they were having an Emmy party at Jada Pinkett's house. So we went to the house and me and a friend of mine and had to cook out and won an Emmy and met Jada and had a great weekend. And they said, we think we want to host our podcast that we're going to have for the show, but stay tuned. And fast forward a year later, I'm the host of Let's Red Table That. 
the I'm official wow. Red Table Talk That's fan rewatch podcast. Yeah, so volunteer and fun opportunities <laughs> turned into paid opportunities. So what type of food did they have at the bar? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about the food. Let's talk about the plate that was wooden and biodegradable and nice. not your average paper uh, plate. I had never seen anything like it. It was like barbecue foods, beans and franks, and hamburgers, <laughs> hot dogs, cool stuff. barbecue. They had a brick oven pizza. Mm, they a whole, they right. brought a real brick oven out. I was like, wow. And did you get to oh, meet wow. Will and Jada? I got to meet Jada. Evidently, Will was not there. We found out later he was filming King Richard. The kids? Willow was not there. She's on tour. Ah. I did get to meet Trey Smith. So shout out to him. That was a vibe. And yeah, they were like, go swim. And we were like, we do not have bathing suits. But if we did... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we would be in there. The highlight is probably when they played Summertime and we were dancing. Oh, man. Was, okay, uh, so th- whatever year so that came out, there was a New Year's Eve party that I went to. And this is um shout out to all my Northern Virginia and D.C. <laughs> friends. We played that damn song and danced through the living room the entire New Year's Eve, like to the point where I was so burned out on that song. If I heard it, I'd get like PTSD. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, that's, that's funny. funny. That's funny. I'm so excited about all this. I don't even know where. I, it's such a vibe. <laughs> and it's not over. It's still going on. Yeah, so. it's amazing. Yeah. One of the things we definitely chatted about, Dr. Harris and I, when we talked about you is the, I don't know, responsibility, I guess, that you have when you start to have that many followers. And I think about my childhood, Dr. Harris, and I are probably younger than you, but are older. I'm sorry. We're both in our early, early beginnings of the 50s I'm, world. I just turned 40. Boy, who's okay. 50? What are you talking about? <laughs> so, but I mean, in, in our day and yours too, yeah. the comparisons we were making of ourselves as women were really to women's images in magazines, mm-hmm. right? And they were altered. Of Mm -hmm. course. Right, right. But now Instagram and the way that we're seeing these people digitally change themselves and like the way that self-esteem, I think, is ours was bad enough. I don't know about these girls coming up now as an influencer. Dr. Harris, jump in on this. Is there some kind of responsibility when you have that many people following you and also all the negativity on social media? You're so positive. Thank you. know That part I was going to say, like, I definitely lean towards optimism and realizing now that I need to not have toxic optimism. So like everyone doesn't want to be happy or think on the bright side. Sometimes people just need to feel what they feel. For me personally, I do consider myself a cultural custodian. Like I want to change the narrative that's in our heads or what we think we need to be or, you know, affirm the women that we're actually seeing, not just the Claire Huxtables and Donna Reeds. Like, that was my ideal when I think I became a mom that I had to be this certain perfect image and or have reached something before motherhood. And that was not the case. Yeah. It was not. I am flawed. I am figuring it out. We are winging this thing. My My son is 20. And like, he's finally now kind of understanding... That's why you made spaghetti and just hoped it lasted all week. <laughs> and damn those mothers. Damn those mothers who, when it's time to bring snacks, Listen. have like the triangle stars oh, cut out. The and everything's board for in kids. The, oh, my God. I'm like, seriously, I can barely get it together to get something pre-made. That part. You know, it's it's definitely a different level we're trying to live up to. And I'm the more transparent parent. 
I okay. <laughs> I don't want to live up to what you thought it was. I am doing what I want to do. You know, for so long, I thought, you know, my husband was coming. Like, they, we always talk about that. And then no one talks about like, well, what if he doesn't, sis? My son's 20. The years of, you know, a father figure in the home to help maybe groom him. That just wasn't my story. And that's OK. That's right. That's OK. Yeah. He had other yeah. father figures along the way. And like even me looking for a love life or with that what I thought it would traditionally be, I've learned to just have different relationships with my friends and love those friendships because, you know, you end up, I feel like looking over friendships or places where you can really thrive because you want this Cinderella thing. Like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. But my life changed. And I told you before we started, like my brother passed away last year. So between my brother passing in March... And my job, you couldn't tell me I wouldn't have been at that job forever and retired. Those things changing meant that what is actually forever is changing for me. And I just realized if it all ended today, tomorrow, next week, I don't want to have not lived. I don't want to be waiting on something or have bated breath or constantly bracing for life to fall apart. We're just going to live out loud and be happy about it until I need to use that energy. Your brother's death inspired you to change the narrative, like you said? Absolutely. I interviewed Jada Pinkett for the first time and my brother passed on the same day. Since COVID, I've been going through these like heaven and hell moments. And I think people don't talk about those enough. I've been having the best time of my life and the worst time Girl, of my life at the same time. I don't even know what to say to you right now. It's real life. Dr. Harris, I really <laughs> want to get your take on a lot of this, but I've got to say this. I feel like when COVID to me was, and not to get super weird, but it was like whatever you believe in, okay? If it's Mm. God, the universe, if it's Mother Nature, whatever you believe in, I feel like COVID was a way to shake us the hell up. And since then, people have either evolved or they have either stunted mm-hmm. completely and they're never going to grow or they have completely evolved. There's like an earthquake mm-hmm. that has shifted mm-hmm. the whole narrative. I'm not even going to say like you had to. some people are like if you didn't grow during COVID, like you missed out. Like I didn't grow during COVID except for this weight I've gained. And, and I've actually had to be <laughs> I've had to even change the narrative for myself on what that is. Like this body got you through a pandemic. This body retired. This body yeah. decided I cut my hair off like I've never done that before. But it was actually what I needed to bring back the healthiest yes. of my hair. Like So many mm-hmm. things and perspectives for me have changed. And I am catching up on 20 years of rest. I am not going to apologize for that. That's a real thing. Like my son even said, he was like, I know you're like doing stuff because of course I have like consultations during the day. He was like, but I feel like you're napping every day. And I'm like, (laughs) I am. I am. For the first time in my life. Right. And I am happy about that. It's okay to be rested before. Kind of like what you were saying about the stickers and getting all. I didn't know anything except excelling to excellence, going to the next level and being and doing. And I recognized before I left my job or retired because I changed the narrative on that. Of course, I retired early. But my only goal at 18 was to make six figures. And if anybody out there has actually made six figures, you know it's not six figures. You know that it doesn't stop there. And that can't be an only goal. So I had to reevaluate and unlearn some things and retrust myself again and relearn some things. And that's okay. And I did it all during COVID. And that COVID really helped me. It me gave too. us the rest yeah. we didn't know we needed, the break. Yes. We didn't know we needed. The things I was fighting to get to are now canceled. So was it important? 
I completely reevaluated priorities. It made those of us who listen mm-hmm. yeah. reevaluate our priorities. Yes, yes. And I could do everything from home. You put a chicken mm-hmm. in the oven, a load in the but, wash, and get your work what? done. I haven't been. Why am I not doing this? I haven't been to Walmart since COVID. That delivery wow. service. I am all was the help me. I didn't know I, I needed. Come to my door. I will pay five dollars. <laughs> right, because and you can think about what it is you need. You what can look I up recipes need? at the same time and put your ingredients yeah, out there. Yeah, I'm all about that, it. Because I was the person who went in the store and was like, "Well, do I need an eight foot Christmas tree?" Because I just walked <laughs> past it. I actually don't. I have two at the house, really. But I know who I am. So for me, like my dad, and this is my dad talking to the older generation. He was like, "It sounds like you're being lazy because I'm not." going to Walmart anymore. And I right. said, it actually sounds like I only want to spend $60 if that's what I want to spend at the grocery store. I was doubling that, yeah. you know, and God forbid I go yeah. to Target where they have a grocery no, store. No, I don't go to Target. <laughs> I don't go to Target. <laughs> Keep it that way. It's, it's a web. It's a, it's it a is. Web. It's, not, it's not you. It's them. It's the ambiance. <laughs> it's the music. It's the layout of the store. I'm tired of being bamboozled. I don't and want the clo- to do And that. when you get home, the clothes never look as cute as you think no. they're going to look either. I don't, I don't know, know why what that is. The mannequin's not there <laughs> to help you how to put <laughs> it together. I don't need that anymore. I'm a supply person as well. So I was in there buying all the office supplies and the notebooks and the pretty paper mm-hmm. clips. I need to stay focused. COVID <laughs> helped me get focused. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Harris, help us get yeah. ourselves together here. Uh, what do you have oh, to yeah, say? Yeah, I, I really want to, if we can go back on this social yeah. comparison, because yeah. you mm. know, I see so many young girls. And what was disturbing when I looked up some stats on all of this is mm. we do have this social comparison that is huge in our society, like Jess said, that I didn't have growing up. And that social comparison that I need to look like that girl on Instagram or that happy couple that posts Mm -hmm. all those picture perfect pictures can really lead to an erosion in our self-esteem. It causes depression. It can help us not feel as happy in our lives. And it can really have a negative effect. And the most disturbing population that I'm concerned about after looking at these stats are the suicide rates from this mm. comparison. Suicide rates for girls from 10 to 14 in the last 10 years. 10 to 14? Have tripled from to 300%. And 15 to 24 year old girls, their suicide rate has tripled. So, what I love about hearing your story is is, yeah, how do we get to these little young girls and teach them that there's other things that are healthy than comparing ourselves to others? What do we do as a society to teach, like you're doing, teach them positive things to have their outlets go to rather than comparing themselves, which does also create depression? and then suicide, right? So these young women, it's so inspirational to hear what you're doing because you are helping the next generation, the next young women. No, we need that. We need that. You know, I have this thing that I post. uh, It's always late night. It's called post and delete. Every now and then I'll go live during the day. (laughs) I do it from like a a super sentimental place because I was suicidal. You know, right? My son, those teenage years are almost, they'll take you out almost like, because it's a Mm -hmm. different type of child. This isn't even the child that you're trying to raise for me. Like, mm-hmm. shout out to the kids who are straight A's and do what their parents tell you. That's not, that wasn't my who journey. Are, yeah, that was not me either. <laughs> that, not at all. I, that's what we expect. Wait, wait, Dr. Harris, is there a thread in that? Were you one of the straight A kids or were you not? I was being very quiet because I'm the one that's okay. a little 
smiley faces and lunch. Oh my god! It's all right, but that's your journey. But that's authentic to you. That's one thing. And there are some parents who may see that, or friends, or family, or what have you, and think that they are failing if that's not their story. And I, I was suicidal because if you're really in tune with suicide, you understand that someone doesn't really want to die; they want the pain to stop, whatever that may be. And for me, it was this parenting thing is not looking like y'all said it would. It's not thriving. Me and the school are going at it. I just remember sitting on the edge of the bed praying for something inspirational because you get distracted or you distract yourself with scrolling and everything scrolling is everyone else's life highlight reel, right? So Mm -hmm. I use my post Mm -hmm. and delete to go live late night to tell someone who's out there worried up scrolling, this is something you can scroll past that's inspirational. It's not perfect. I'm trying to figure it out. Everyone is, but you're not alone is the main thing because everyone feels like they are. And we're not until you tell your story and then 50 women come up to you after and they're like, I was thinking the same thing. And and you just never know until you're transparent about it. So that's where that comes from. I still do it to this day. You're right. We need to affirm ourselves. I love that. Because another thing I'm seeing with young women is they'll get on these sites. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you guys do this and they'll scroll. Like you said, the algorithm, is that what it is? Yeah. It will, um, if they're looking up self-harm or suicide, that's all they're getting fed. They'll get more of it. Yeah. And they're going to get more of it. And Mm -hmm. that's so harmful to them. And I like that you, yes, the quotes and that you might be that break for them. You might be that, wait a minute, let me start looking at those reels. Let me start following something inspirational. Right. I love that. The reality is there's no one way for all of this stuff to look. Whatever category, parenting, life, entrepreneurship, it doesn't look the same. This is one of the first generations who will be completely connected to their peers from high school unless they choose to shift their own life. You know, but like Mm. for me, when when Facebook finally came along, I had already been out of high school 10 years. So we still had a 10 year reunion. We haven't had one since because we're all connected on Facebook. Right. You know what you're doing. Right. Right. So you think, but the reality is people's lives are falling apart. Marriages are going awry. And I mean, that's okay because that's a part of life. But it's not being showcased. So what that reality is. You think you're failing. You Mm -hmm. just go quiet. You guys, Mm -hmm. I have an idea. Yes. We should do a social experiment. Oh, where, oh gosh. where she said, oh gosh, where we only post the shitty shit. <laughs> the worst of the worst, right? Oh Dr. God. Harris, no filters. We put our crabby <laughs> pictures on. Oh, Lord, not like that. Well, you know, but we should tell transparent stories. Husband and I just got in a huge fight. He's such a douchebag. Like, I don't even know why I married him. Listen, listen. That would be ideal. You know, people don't want to always air it out, but they do need to see it. And here, they need to know. But wouldn't it be, be nice if people were vulnerable? Like, okay, yeah. my life is not perfect. So you don't look at them thinking, oh my gosh, they have the perfect marriage. What's right. wrong with us? You know, it's okay to be vulnerable sometimes. But I think the problem is not so much that people are posting when they're happy. I actually think that's great. I think airing your dirty laundry gets a little weird for me when I'm on social media. Yeah. Like when it gets a little too deep, it's kind of like, oh, d- cringe. Yeah. Like, you know, like a thousand your people. Family. Yeah, like right. this is private. So Social media is not to me, but whatever. It's I'm not judging. But for me, I don't you know, I think where it gets weird is when you are actually creating a narrative that is not real in order to give an impression 
that is how yeah. you want to be perceived. There's a lot of that going on rather than just, hey, I'm going to, you know, remember back in the day when we had cameras and we would go to the photo place and we would get them developed? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah. we'd throw away the trash and we'd keep the good ones. And to me, that's great. That's fine for social media. Right. Like, but when it's fake, I just think it's a disservice to everybody because yeah. it's yourself. not realistic. Right. Because right. then you're trying yeah. to live yeah. up to something you're not even. It is difficult. You know, no one talks about the child who threw up before the family photo. They just they just post the family <laughs> photo that looks amazing. So, you know, we just have right. to work through that and, and become more transparent. And as pe more people like myself share stories. I'm hoping other people will feel free enough to say, you know what? My life is changing. Like we're getting older. I'm bigger. I'm smaller. Yeah. I'm doing great. And I wish I was doing better, whatever. But just your true story. Well, if you think and, about and you it, know, this guys, is brand new, too. It's like we're pioneers in the social media thing. So it's going Literally. to evolve. It's going to change. On the other side, for me, if I put a filter on, you will believe the negative. I will get people message me like, you shouldn't have a filter on. That's so fake. Oh. I've had, I can't tell you. And I'm like, you know, if it makes me happy for just a minute Definitely. and I want to look 25, really, is it that big of a deal if I do it every now and then? Like, so on the other side, can you also do that once in a while? Right. And not get hate back at me. I can't tell you how many yeah. times people say that's so fake. You're so fake. Uh, well, it makes me happy. Uh, it makes me happy to have little yes. ears on sometimes. You know? <laughs> she does too. She will reindeer it out. Yeah, you gotta do what's right for you. Like I literally right, this week, right. this week I just started going live with either incense or candles, and I'm just reading my affirmations because I realize some people are just reading their affirmations like the newspaper, just plain and dusty, just mm -hmm. sad. That's not gonna help your affirmation. That's not motivational. I'm just going live and reading maybe ten affirmations lighting some incense because that's what I'm doing in the morning to put myself in a successful space. And the reality is I never took the time to do that for 20 mm. years. Because like, you were a robot. You I was were working. I just had to, on a right, wheel. I just had to work and go mm -hmm. and do and be. And now I can just be and just live yes. and it's happening how it's supposed to. Now, of course, it's not the six-figure life I was living. I must tell you that. I, you I know what I mean? away from it too, <laughs> my friend. Right. And it's like, you know, I believe it's coming back tenfold, but it's going to be some time. And again, even as an entrepreneur, those are the things people don't share because they see me here on this podcast yeah. and at another podcast. And I'm like, I am praying for this check to come through. That's I'm right. praying for the invoice to be paid. You know, I, I still believe, but, you know, there's still a mm -hmm. work in your daily life. Definitely. Dr. Harris, Cara just talked about the incense and break down for us a little bit about environmental wellness, because mm. I've learned from Dr. Harris that that environmental piece like you're doing is something that we can all learn from. So can you tell everybody a little bit about the significance of kind of creating that? Oh, yeah. I mean, environmental is key. Like you already know, but it's one of the eight dimensions of wellness. And um, there are actually a lot of research that they have taken people that work out in a city, like go on a walk in the city and then like go and walk on nature and scan, did brain scans. And they found that the ones that are in nature affected a different part of their brain in positive ways than the ones that didn't get the actual environment stimulation, nurturance. So it is so healthy to be in a natural environment and a soothing environment. A lot of the mindfulness that we encourage is grounding where we're actually putting our feet in the grass. We're mm -hmm. touching bark on the tree. We're being, we're tuning into our five senses 
to really be in the present moment. So the environment plays a key role in our wellness and whether it's smell, touch, taste, all of that affects our wellness. So I like the instant kind of thing. That sounds kind of cool. What is the instant? What is it? Like a lavender or is it? No, uh, which one do I have? I actually was a gift from Jada Pinkett. It's actually amazing. Oh, let me go get my gift from Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) But this one was, listen, it sits on a, it's a rose quartz incense holder that sits on a little gold plate. And I was like, this has to be like your environmental wellness. This has to be something to help my aura. Yeah. Because of the quartz oh, yeah. and the stone. And I just love stones anyway. I love an amethyst. Um, oh, well, amethysts are Yeah, everything. that's my birthstone. Oh, they're gorgeous. <laughs> it's my birthstone as well. So I just I surround myself with them. So it just felt good. But just the incense itself, it, it just feels like it's helping to carry whatever my aura is or my affirmations into the universe. Whatever I need to believe yeah. to get my prayers to God. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's more like aromatherapy. I, it's amazing what just the smell right. do. You know, of course, so I have a whole lot of uh, aromatherapy that I'll use yes. and diffusers to get into that space. Yeah, I'm a and seasonal person, just, too. So a lot of pumpkin Oh, yeah, right I just now. bought a pumpkin pie candle yeah. at Target. And spent thousands get out of there. Of get out of there. <laughs> no. It's me. I can't, even, I can't even laugh at her. That is me all day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's amazing what smell, taste. Touch all of the environment has a huge impact on your wellness. The balance out. I have a favorite scent. My scent is so hard to find now, and it used to be. It is lemongrass. Oh yeah, I haven't seen. Oh, that sounds so good. And lemongrass. What's your favorite scent? Wine. Marshalls Ross. Marshalls Ross is where I can find it if I find it. Not even Amazon, y'all. You can oh. find lemon, and for some reason, that lemongrass is like, that's what soothes my soul. Right, right, right. I love it. I love it. You know, you guys, I was talking to, as you know, I do another podcast for cold cases, mm-hmm. and I talked to a lot of family members that have gone through really incredibly traumatic things. Mm-hmm. And one of the women I talked to recently, a mother who lost her child, I brought you up, Dr. Harris, and I said, you know, oh, you yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. because she's had a murdered son. Mm-hmm. And she's had a daughter missing for six years. And it's like, how do you deal with that from a wellness perspective? Because almost you feel guilty if you have a child missing, mm-hmm. even considering your own wellness, right? And mm-hmm. so I talked to her about environmental wellness and I said, you know, are you doing things to take care of yourself in that way? And I brought up some of the things you've taught me about candles and bubble baths and low music and lights. And she just looked at me and her mouth hung open. And she's like, I have done that without even understanding why I was doing it. Right. Trying to find wow. that place. I used to make candles, actually. And that's why, because I was super yes. stressed giving all my money to the stores. And I was like, I think there's a better way. It actually helped me as long as it takes for a candle to cure and actually set it up and make it. And it was just a very calming experience to go through. Cara, I'm down with you about something that you don't even know. What? Double-handled mug. Girl, I want a (laughs) double-handed coffee mug. Isn't that a vibe? Because you sit it down. I don't understand why there isn't one. I don't why understand. Do We're going to create it. Why? Do they Thank have left-handed <laughs> handle? I don't, I don't know. Think about sitting like, okay, it's on your desk <laughs> and you're getting that first sip of coffee and hand on to mouth. Right. I mean, dear Jesus, hands. I need it. Yes. So please make that happen. I will. I will. That's my goal. <laughs> it's definitely a goal of mine. I want a coffee mug. I love <laughs> Perfect. Yes, I want so many things. And I believe they're going to happen. They're going to happen yes. for you. 
Here's something I need to know. There's so many women that are still less, maybe not they're taking the bus to DC <laughs> at four in the morning, but they are still on the hamster wheel. They're still yeah. in this job. They're working for the man. Yeah. They're being told when to go to the bathroom, when to eat their <laughs> right. sandwich, and they have dreams and they <sighs> know what they want. They have a vision, but they're really afraid to take that leap because mm-hmm. it is scary. You're mm-hmm. walking away from health insurance typically. Any advice? You know, I actually did write an ebook. So it's called Before You Quit, Think About This. Of course she did. <laughs> oh, of course. Right. And um, in that ebook, I have a list of number one, the most important part of the book, I believe, is the 65 questions to ask yourself. 65? Right. I only asked myself like four. <laughs> and that's the problem. And they probably were, what do I do now? Where am I going to make money? And like, what's next? Like, they're not even really in-depth yeah. questions. But like, if you're really thinking about pivoting personally or professionally, whatever that may look like, you have to really just dive in. What do I need? Because I was at a place in life as well where I can't just leave here and go back and work at McDonald's and like work my way up somewhere. I need to have a real plan and and I can sustain this job. Sometimes you have to sacrifice. So I stayed there as long as I could until that was just Mm -hmm. it for me. So again, it took me four years. I asked myself these questions. I have planning pages in there that you can print. The goal is to really identify what is your ideal day? How much money do you want to make? What do you like? What do you actually enjoy and what could you do for the rest of your life? So it's a planning sheet. If you don't want to download the ebook, I get that as well. Where do they find it? It's on carapresley.com. That's okay. my website, C-A-R-A-P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y. But overall, here are just three tips if you just really are trying to figure it out. Number one, figure out where you can cut your spending because the reality is you do need money to make money, even if it's just a vacation to go get your mind right to come back and get back in the workforce. But really identify what you're spending your money on. What do you want? want to do. That's really the key thing. And then I encourage you to try some new things because as you try new things, you may figure out what you actually want to do. Some people, it's not even really the job, it's the people. Sometimes it's not the job or the people, it's the money. So you have to also really identify what's making you upset or why is that even a frame of thought to begin with? It may just be a transition of a team. You may actually like your company. I liked my job for a long time. I loved my company. Right, right. I liked it for a long time. But I still felt like I was trapped. Right. And there's something else out there. And if you want to grab onto it, go grab onto it. The eight year old me wanted to be Oprah. The executive. I was going to ask you what about 10 year old car. Yeah, yeah, listen, she wanted to be Oprah, man. She was the narrator of the school play. Like, I didn't want to be a character in the play, but like, I was the narrator. The alignment, though, like, so I decided to leave my job so I could be the dream that eight year old, 10 year old car wanted to be. And like, the executive producer of my podcast is a woman who's worked with Oprah for years. So that's, it's amazing. She also helped Jada start the Red Table Talk. So it's just the alignment for me. I'm excited about where I am and just what's next. Is this really still the beginning? Touched on something like that. I think, uh, Dr. Harris, you have some perspective on, which is going back to the dimensions of wellness, the intellectual dimension. I've learned so much from Dr. Harris. But, you know, it's intellectual wellness can come from reading a new book. It can come from trying to design a new piece of art. It can come from talking to somebody that you're really sort of enamored by a mentor and learning from them. And but how important is that, Dr. Harris, in this sort of journey, if you want to create your own life? Life, yeah. I think it's essential. And I was going to ask to give some motivation to these young women out there, because what I see in my own clients as a clinician is they don't 
know what they want. Like it mm. starts very young. They have, they do not know what they want to be when they grow up. And right. is anyone in school helping them reach that path? But, but really intellectual wellness has a direct effect again on, in all aspects. But a lot of people that I see don't know where to go, what they want to be when they grow up. They don't have role models or mentors that they can reach, you know, and see what's out there. So I was really hoping you could talk to that, say 18 to 25 year old woman that's out there and they don't, what do you tell them? Like, how do you tell them? Because I try to tell them coming from you who wanted to be Oprah at eight years old. I mean, that's amazing because what do you tell them? What is, what could give them motivation listening to you right now to to go after their dreams? Or a roadmap idea to figure it out. Yeah. My first, my very first keynote speech was follow the rules until you can make your own which was, I still was accurate. That is brilliant. Because I had to follow the rules to determine just what was this life? Why are the rules the rules? And then when they trusted that I could actually follow some direction, and this specifically speaks to my IRS career, then they believed that I could create my own. They trusted me. And that's where I started rewriting training material. And that's how I became a training analyst. So it all went into each other. But for a long time in my life, I was working for others. Inside of me, I definitely wanted to be an educator. So the training analyst is still was an alignment, but what I wanted to educate on are the two different things. So I don't want to talk about tax code anymore. Now now I'm doing craft classes. Like the core alignment is there as far as still teaching and educating and speaking, but the alignment of what I should be speaking and teaching about. So it's really about, and you know, it sounds so simple when I say it, but it's really about doing what you like. The problem is that people feel like, well, I am doing what I like, or I don't mind doing I don't things, mind. but I need y'all to stop yeah. minding. Yeah, well, I need you to mind and I need you to stop trying to do anything. Some people are, oh, I'm trying to be nice. It really starts with as small as if your mom is asking you to, and I don't mean do a chore, but do a task. A friend is asking you to do a task and you don't want to. I need you to say no. Because you really don't mm-hmm. want to do that. I need you to only do the things that are going to fulfill you. And it's okay if you, quote unquote, let people down. But I'm sure that if they're asking you of something, they want you to do it because you really want to do it. Not because yeah. you just can. Sometimes you have to <laughs> sacrifice. Don't get me wrong. But the reality is to create the life you want where you can. And I mean, for me as a mother, I had to start with, okay, I can't leave my job right now, but I can go walk at the river tonight because I love to be around water and I knew that I would enjoy that. That's how I started creating the life I, can, I wanted. But I can. So you're right. sort of doing, yeah. instead of being against your own personality, yeah. which is painful and saying, I can't, or I won't, you're doing that caveat. Yeah. I can't, but I can do this. Because well, Which feels easier do. to do, right. better. You're, but you're still including yourself in yeah. your day instead of completely dismissing everything you want. And then eventually it gets to a place where like even me today, I'm doing everything I want to do all day long. But it started with a walk by the water. It started with a no to the friend who I knew that I would be crunching my day together if I ran across town to help you. I really can't. I just can't. I was the person who was there for everybody for a long time. And that has to change. I even had to tell my boss, this is again, in those four years before I left, I can't move as fast and complete that task like I used to. I am over 35. I want to double read this now. I don't want to just skim through it once and I know it's fine. I need some more time. And I had to share who I was and who I was evolving into. I love that. I think that we as 
intellectual humans give ourselves sometimes more credit than we deserve. Because if you really think about our inception, we are innately, we are animals Mm -hmm. and innately men Mm -hmm. are hunters and innately we are gatherers and caretakers. Right. And I think that is where we get a little bit of a handicap. Oh, yeah. Because we're so busy trying to take care of everybody else. Oh, yeah. I got got to help you heal and help you be. And what are we helping ourselves do first? Knowing and learning to pour from a full cup was probably the biggest lesson of COVID, Mm -hmm. really, because I was pouring from an empty. I don't know if you ever boiled a pot like but the water boiled out like the, the pot. The cup was super empty. And it was scalded hot up at the bottom. Right. But now everyone else, if I can help you get the overflow. So that way I'm full. I can fill you up. If it's only from my overflow, though, I have to be overflowing in order to do it. So I know how to fill Mm -hmm. myself back back up now. Dr. Harris, I think you need her in your office every day when you have your clients come in. I would love for her to be here. I was going to say, I think what I gathered from that is also go with your gut. So many of my clients, I'm like, what is your gut telling you too? Because they want to go off logic. Yeah, that's nice. But what did you always want to be when you were, you know, I agree with you. If you find your passion, then you've got it, right? If you don't work a day in your life while you're at work, that's your passion. So many people that I work with are CEOs, doctors, they hate their job, right? They spend Mm. all that money. To go to school and they are not passionate. So I always go like you're saying with what is your gut? What's your feeling? Just right. go off your gut feelings as well mm-hmm. to not all the time because you also have to make money. Right. But what is it that you dreamed about? What are your passions? People can't identify that. They're like, well, I just need to go work here because it's more money. But you're miserable. miserable. Too, right. Right. But that's where affirmations yeah. come in, too. Like one of the affirmations I read this morning was I can trust myself. Like, because there were some times I didn't trust myself. You picked the wrong man, pick the wrong right, pet. Right? Okay. You know, it's something as simple as picking the wrong outfit. You get home and it doesn't even fit. Can I even trust right. myself to make decisions? Yes, you can. Did you not? <laughs> did you not have a gut feeling though with that guy? Because that part, I yes. have a gut feeling like, I don't think this is a guy, but I'm going to go anyway. Right. You know what's mm-hmm. crazy, you guys? I had a guy that I networked with. And Mm -hmm. he was a hypnotherapist. And so he was like, okay, like in order for you to help refer me, because it was a referral networking group, I need you to experience what I do. It'll help you obviously in referring me. And so I was like, well, I don't really know what I would want to be hypnotized from. Like, well, at the time I was with, I was married to somebody who was a drug addict. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, drug addicts are very notorious for convincing you that the sky is green when it is blue. Uh (laughs) That is their job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I said, you to hypnotize me so that when I know something is a certain way, I know something is a certain way and nobody can convince me otherwise if it's real. And so that was our whole focus. Mm -hmm. Like it worked, but that... I don't know how that relates to what we were talking about, but I feel like it does. But I think the wine is really kicking in. I feel like it does. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it does as far as you wanted to to trust yourself. Yes, trusting yourself. (laughs) And I wasn't. There are people out there who, especially in my case, but they can manipulate you to really lose that trust in yourself. Or just me. Like the biggest lesson I've learned in this 17 going on, 18 months of entrepreneurship is I can trust my own business decisions. It's not that I didn't think that before. I've had the same business mindset, but I definitely spent the first 12 months of entrepreneurship second guessing, I'm about to say double guessing, but triple, quadruple thinking through everything I did instead of just feeling it, 
executing and moving forward. But I had to remember for almost 21 years, you relied to and listened yes. to and followed the guidance of yeah. a manager yeah. or workplace lead. Oh, I just had to unlearn those things. And that's the thing. We only talking about learning something new. Rarely do we talk about the path of how you need to unlearn certain habits. Really, when you talk about that conditioning almost, yes. like if you were kidnapped or you're in a controlling marriage or you're working for somebody else who sets all the rules and you're just the worker bee. Yes. When you get out of that after that much time, you're so used to looking up at the Wizard of Oz yes. to give you the answer. And when you're the one who has to make the answers, that's a it's an adjustment. Different. Yes, it's an adjustment. And, yes. you know, success looks different. So, you know, some people ask me, and I think I did it at the beginning of this podcast. I'm 99% sure I did. When people ask me how I'm doing, I say I'm successful because... You did it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I say I'm successful because for a long time I said I was okay and I was lying. Because I wanted to stop lying, I started saying I was successful because success looks different every day. Some days it is eight hour Netflix marathon. That's right. <laughs> Some days it is <laughs> 10 meetings around the city and a whole tank of gas. It just depends day to day, but it's a more honest answer. And I get to set the tone for what that success is for the day. Some days it's being handed a wonderful scented product from Jada Pinkett's. Yeah, <laughs> some days. It's and he's from barbecue. <laughs> yeah, being yeah, flew out, as they would say. Yes. <laughs> yeah, out. yeah, flying out to California is a vibe. But that's also entrepreneurship. Some days it's, you know, a vacation and six figures. And some days it is, I'm at the house trying to think of a zero. master plan. Right, zero, right. For yeah. weeks and days at a time. It just depends. Also depend on your gut for your business. And like, where do you draw mm -hmm. the line where? Recently, I had someone kind of offering me business advice. Sooner or later, I started to realize, are they really looking out for me or do they want me to fail? Because mm. then I started to realize, I think I should rely on my own, my own business decisions after speaking mm -hmm. to my business consultants. But I have a significant other and I'm like, are you really giving me advice that's helping me or you do want to see me succeed? That's so what do you tell the women out there, you know, like when there is someone that may be trying to somewhat sabotage or get overly jealous or envious of mm. your business? The biggest thing is to observe, don't absorb everything. I used to mm. absorb everything. Anything people said, I absorbed it and right, tried explain, to apply explain. it. Number one, my capacity changes daily. So depending on where I am in my business, I may need your advice or I may be doing just fine. Thanks for your consideration. I'm at a place as well where do I need that later? I mean, it might be a Jeopardy question. I don't know. So yes! I might just need the information. Doesn't mean I have to apply it right now, but you can observe and let it fly right past you if necessary. Doesn't mean I you didn't hear that. them, but observe. You don't have to it. absorb it all. If you absorb it, I used to absorb it all. Yeah. And I was exhausted. Yeah. It wasn't even my problem. I'm going home with it and Oh, my friend is she's feeling this. You can be concerned, but just observe. You don't you have said, to absorb. Thank you for yeah. your opinion. I'm going to use that more. Thank yeah. you for your opinion. I'll take it into consideration. That's, that's it. Right. That you might know? need to be a tattoo. I don't know if I need it today. I'm very serious about the Jeopardy question. The amount of things that come up in Jeopardy and I'm like, oh, I knew that because I heard it before. And, you know, sometimes you just need to listen. Yeah. I want to observe. Don't absorb. Don't absorb. That's my tattoo. I, let, I can't absorb. Yeah, you are not sponges. Yeah, we are not sponges, but we don't have to be brick walls either. So, I mean, you just have to, you know, decide what you need. I'm absorbing this whole podcast because this is a light it's feeding me right now. But, you know, if I'm not feeling it, I would just, you know, observe it. That's it. What do you see in the next 10 years? What do you see like your Ooh, company wow. evolving into? What are your dreams? Let's keep going. Oh, my ultimate dream. I mean... 
I would love a game yeah. show, a craft mm-hmm. show. I'm already doing these things. So y'all are going to see these more as, as I continue to evolve. But There's one. Okay. What is We Are Not Strangers game? Tell us about that. Oh, the We Are Not Strangers. So yeah, that's, that? that was sponsored by Red Table Talk. It's still a dope game that's actually out there. And it's a great game to sit with people and just see how much you have in common. I mean, the way we think we're all alone and we're not. Right. Yeah. So that game Mm. really helps you tap in to see just what people's perceptions are and what's going on in their heads and helps them get out of their head and understand who they are. So if you play the game with others, there are even some written things that you write to the people that you're talking to and what you've heard. And it just helps you to affirm each other versus I don't know why we're in a society where we want to judge everybody, what they did, insecurity, why they did that too. You know, well, plus everyone, I I don't know if everyone wants to be Judge Judy or what, but they just everyone has an opinion, right? And it's worse now because there's a platform that is anonymous. Yeah, yeah. For the most part. That part, part, you can just post it if you feel. Is this in an actual place or is it? It's a a card deck. It's a card game. (gasps) There are four four levels in each level. I want to say as soon as comprehension hits, so probably a good preteen. It's a really good preteen, I think, uh, thing to get into. Just because you can get it online. Yeah, but it's, it has four levels. I have the game at home. I just don't have anybody to play it with, really. But they did send me a packet. So if you want to borrow it, let me know. Yeah, I want to play. I want to play tomorrow yeah. night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bring it to you. It's a great game, though. It goes into levels. So it starts off pretty simple. You know, who are you? Where were you born? What were your insecurities? You know, real light. And then it gets into, you know, what's your deepest, darkest secret you wish you could change? Or, you know, what's something you observed Ooh. and you no one ever knew? Or, you know, it's just a very good way to be transparent. I yeah. love that. Oh, yeah. I love Because we're not, that. we're really not strangers. It's all the same life journey, just different characters, different timelines. That's right. But it is, yeah. it's difficult out here, man. Dr. Harris and I, our very first Flip Flops and Tiaras was with a woman who did, uh, she arranges travel retreats oh. all over the world yeah. for women. Mm, and yeah, one, we need that getaway. Yeah, right. And one of the things oh, yeah. she really tries to do is bring these women when they're in another country to meet women of that culture. And part of that is to learn like how much we're alike with somebody in a country you may have never even heard of. I love that. But as women, we're all going through the same struggles and living the same life, however and different so, it might look. Yes, 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 um, yes. And I love we it because I, I also think that Americans are so young. We're the babies. Yeah. <laughs> right. And aren't we? We are the babies. And when you go to we other countries, babies. you realize like how sort of immature culturally we are. Oh, God. Isn't that the truth? Whenever yeah. I leave America, I'm just American. I am not black. I am right. not big. Yeah. I am not yeah. smart. I'm not an influencer. I'm not anything except American. Even mm-hmm. just the closest Canada. That's all they were concerned yeah. about. <laughs> oh, you're an American. <laughs> right. But when I get back to America, yes, yes, I have 15 other though. buckets I have to be in. You know. So true. <laughs> Jesus. And so it's very interesting when you leave the country. Yeah, it is. And I think yeah. everybody needs to in order to take that next step in yes. their growth and their ability to evolve. It's just, it's a huge yes. part of it. And what <laughs> pisses world. me off is yes. that they have these trips in middle school and high school and they are eligible for the children whose families can afford them. And they are the children who probably yeah. need them the least because they could do it on their own. Yeah. I've always had a dream of being able to figure out a way to fundraise 
letting all the kids go to Europe in like yeah. eighth grade. It would change the whole landscape of oh, their high school years. Take the parents so too, because they are just out of it. Take <laughs> we just them need a lot. We, you know, <laughs> there's so many things that we all should tap into. You guys, we could yeah, talk for so much 12 hours. I know, we could, I we could be could. here. We could keep talking. We could. I want to play that game and drink some wine. I, I know. <laughs> Here's the other crazy thing is I've had guests on so many podcasts that hit the table and I'm always like, damn, dude, like I gotta, I'm gonna have to edit that. <laughs> out and I have been so excited today that I have been the one hitting the table and I know oh, yes, right. not to hit the table. Oh, I didn't hear. I only heard one noise. Hopefully like it'll be all right. I've like done it at least five times. At least five <laughs> times. The car has I been I only heard here. it once. Thank you so much for being an inspiration to these young women and oh. girls that I see in my counseling sessions and you are just going to move the world. You're already doing yes, it. So I just, I can't you. thank you enough. You're such an inspiration. Oh, I appreciate really, you. Thank I you so really much. mean it. So. You're an inspiration yeah, too because the podcast like this matter. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for being here, Cara. Not a problem. Thank you guys so so much. much. And thank Thank you, Dr. Harris. Ta-ta for now. Thanks for listening to Flip Flops and Tierras. We would love to hear your story. Send us a message online at flipflopsandtierras.com or visit us at flipflopsandtierras on Facebook or Instagram. 